and I've just been too scared to look like a loser. And I just switch, I pivot. I'm like, okay, well that's, this doesn't, this doesn't feel fun. It doesn't feel fun, obviously, when you feel like a failure. Welcome to the Imperfect Party, where nobody's perfect, and that's worth celebrating. I'm your host, Deanna Seymour, and I'm so happy you're here. Let's just do this thing, shall we? Hey, real quick, before we get going, did you know that I host free dance parties every single day of the week? I know, cool, right? Go to deannaseymour.com slash party to get the deets and snag your invite. Hello, it's me, Deanna. I just wanted to come on and do a solo episode as the first episode of this season. Maybe I'll make that a thing. Maybe it's a a tradition. But I just want to come on here and talk about my life and what the fuck am I doing with it? Okay, I'm going to take you on a little journey today. We're going to go on a little Didi journey. That's right. You're like, who's Didi? Oh, Didi, that's me. So, First things first, we're into season two. We're getting a little more vulnerable. We're getting a little more imperfect. And I just feel like I haven't really told people that my friends and family call me Dee Dee. I think it's weird because Matt doesn't call me Dee Dee. And I've obviously spent this past year mostly with Matt and with two humans who don't call me Dee Dee or Deanna. They call me mom, mommy, mom, 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 mom all day long. So recently I recorded an episode of the podcast for the season with my friend Val and I did my normal, hi Val, and she said, hi Dee Dee, and I, just my whole body just filled with love and it just felt really good and I was like, man, it's kind of weird. I built this whole business, DeannaSeymour.com, and nobody knows that I'm Dee Dee. So that's it. The cat's out of the bag. And you can call me Dee Dee. If you are one of the people listening to this podcast, I consider you a friend. Or you might be in my family. (laughs) Or already my friend, IRL. Regardless, if you're listening, we're tight. And you can call me Dee Dee. So there you go. I needed to get that off my chest. But... That wasn't the only point I wanted to make today. Done. Episode over. Just kidding. The point is also that this past year obviously has been crazy for everyone. And so I'm just like making some big changes in my life. You know what I mean? Like lots of changes, old Max. Lots of changes. Does anybody know what that's from? Did you know it was from Dirty Dancing? It's like the old guy in Dirty Dancing talking to the owner at the end. No, just me. Okay. Well, whatever. I'm making lots of changes. I'm quitting my teaching job. So I'm recording this and I think there's just a couple weeks left of school. This is going to come out the beginning of June and there's still going to be, well, I guess there'll be a couple weeks. Like basically I'm recording this right before it comes out. (laughs) Busted. So regardless, this is it. This is my last year of teaching. I know that I'm an entrepreneur at heart, even if I can't say that word correctly. And You know, the only problem with me being an entrepreneur is that I feel really uncomfortable asking people for money, which can obviously be a little bit of a problem sometimes, right? Like uh, Mark and Barbara and Damon would all be really mad at me in the tank, in the shark tank. But I want to own my own business, damn it. And I am going to make it happen. And 
I'm just feeling pulled in three different directions right now. So it was kind of like, maybe not now because I cut out teaching, but I've been feeling pulled in three different directions, teaching, business, and family. And it's just too much. So something had to give and I'm getting rid of the teaching. So I'm going all in on this business thing and I have to make it work. I got to channel my Tim Gunn. I got to make it work, y'all. So if you know me for a while, you know about all the different things I've done over the years. But um, I just thought it would be a fun podcast episode to do a little trip down memory lane. So I'm going to try to say them in order. But to be honest, I feel like it's all a blur and it overlaps in my memory. And I'm really bad at organizing any sort of digital files. And some of these things were made like before digital files were at least, well, not before digital files, but not on your cell phone. Like I was taking pictures with a camera. Crazy. (laughs) I mean, I've always had a fancy camera, but you know, like a little Olympus. I bring it around in my purse to the bar. If you're, if you're like, I don't know, I'm 40. So if you're like around there, give or take, you probably also had a little cute little Canon, cute little Olympus in your purse to take pics. So there we go. So the first one I'm going to talk about is called Missing Monsters. So this is like a Mad Lib plush stuffed monster business. I mean, it was so fun. It was so funny. People loved it. Like, I'm not even really sure how it happened. I know the very first ones that I made were for Nate and Lizzie, my niece and nephew, and they are about to turn 15. So this was a while ago. I had a few art shows around Richmond, Vapor Salon, Uh, And Harrison Street Coffee Shop did two shows, I think. Fun fact, that's where Matt worked. I'm not sure if he worked there when the monsters were up, but I think he was. I think that he bought one for a girl he was seeing back then, but might be wrong. But anyways, that's how long Matt and I have known each other. But yeah, the monsters have hung up on the wall like works of art and people would adopt them and take them home. But the best ones... I feel like, were when someone would fill out a missing monsters form and then I got to go find their monster. So, you know, it was like, oh, help, please help. My monster's missing. Like if you're missing your dog and you hung up flyers around town, so it was like, help, my monster's missing. It has this many eyes and it kind of looks like a flamingo or, you know, whatever, a giraffe, a hedgehog, um, a butthole, someone said once. Well, someone, Rhoda, my boss at Vapor Salon, said that. And then you would, you know, go on to describe it, the colors, the personality, and where you last saw it. I would create your plush monster and I would photograph it where I found it. So it would usually relate to, like, where you lost it. I would find it somewhere similar. The butthole monster was found in a porta potty So don't worry, it didn't touch anything. It wasn't gross. It was, like, a very strategic photo. So there was just, like, potty in the background. And it was really fun. People loved it. I would go find their monster, return it to them, and it was really fun. Last night, I was looking through some of the stuff that I have. I'm not really a pack rat, which is weird because I'm an art teacher and a creative person, but I don't really save stuff for too long. I save it and save it and save it, and then it drives me bonkers, and I purge like a crazy person, and then I sort of regret it later, which was how I was feeling last night because I could not find as many of the like flyers as I wanted to, but I did find one of the very first things because it was actually called Lost Monsters in the beginning, which I honestly had forgotten about. Missing Monsters sounds way cooler. And also, like, I got it trademarked. Like, I go all in, y'all, when I try to do a business and I get excited. You know, it was really busy. I didn't price them well enough, I don't think. It wasn't sustainable. I got overwhelmed. 
and I was still a teacher and it just sort of like went out the window. So the next thing that happened was Misfit Aerobics, I'm pretty sure. So that came out of my failed jazzercise audition. Okay. So I auditioned to be a jazzercise instructor with the help of my mentor, Glow. She was amazing. I started going to jazzercise with my friend Natalie and we went to the JCC and Glow was there teaching jazzercise. She had t-shirts that said Glow for it. And I just fell in love with her. I loved her. So she was my mentor and she kind of helped me get ready for my audition. And it turns out there was like this weird, I don't want to get too into the underbelly of Jazzercise corporate world, but I don't think they really liked Glow and they wanted me to have a different mentor because Glow didn't really follow the rules. Like, I don't think technically she was supposed to have Glow for it t-shirts. I don't think those were like approved by corporate, but that was what made me love Jazzercise and her. And they didn't even know this, but I had already made bootleg Jazzercise 80s buttons. I was like giving them out to my friends for when I passed my audition and started jazzercising. But that wasn't how it worked. Like you had to get things approved and it was very like, you know, modern jazzercise. Like they were trying to pretend like they weren't what you guys are probably picturing when I say jazzercise, like the headbands and the like, you know, Beverly Goldberg jazzercising with leg warmers, which is what I was going for. Anyways, I think I nailed the audition. They told me that I failed and that if I were to mentor with someone else and come back, I would probably pass. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I just said, forget it. And Glow and I like met for meetings and dinners. And she helped me scrap together like a a piece of paper. (laughs) This is funny. I'm laughing because I found this piece of paper for people's like credit cards to withdraw it every month because it was still like a little old school. Wasn't exactly all online PayPal or whatever. So I did some paperwork and I had a release form and I even paid ASCAP to make sure that I was using the music legally. I went all out, but she helped me scrap together like punk rock aerobics kind of, and it was really fun. Fun fact, again, look at me with my fun facts. If you've ever been to Quirk Hotel in Richmond, and if you haven't been or you don't live in Richmond, you should just Google Quirk Hotel. I think it's called Quirk Hotel. It's Quirk for sure. And that was the home. It's super fancy, fun hotel, but that was the home of Misfit Aerobics when it first started. It was vacant and the owner of the building, Katie Ucrop, just let me have a key. Like I literally was like, hey, I want to do this aerobics thing. And she was like, okay, here you go. Yeah, you can use that building. So I bought some giant fans. It was the summer and it was like hot, but we didn't really have, you know, officially have the space. So I didn't want to like mess with the AC or break anything. And it was... It's pretty punk if you ask me. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm not punk. Kind of punk. Anyways, so that was Misfit Aerobics and it was cool. It was fun. You know, sometimes it was just me and one other person, but it was fun while it lasted. Later, when I first started dating Matt and he worked at a bar called Strange Matter, I would do Misfit Aerobics before they opened for brunch. So we would like Misfit Aerobics and then drink mimosas and stay for brunch if we wanted. So that was fun. That was like a few years later. I brought it back for a second. But again, my trouble with accepting money for a business got a little bit in my way because I feel like that second time was just like, I don't know, just give me some money in this, you know, beer pitcher, you know, empty mug if you want to give me a donation. That's fine. 
it, like super nervous. So that was Misfit Aerobics. Then, don't worry, there's a lot more, but don't get bored. Don't, that, don't scare. Don't let that scare you from listening. There's a few more. There's too many more for them to have been businesses I did. But anyways, okay, the next one was called Pin Pals, and it was a worldwide button exchange. So I had done a thing called the Sketchbook Project in Brooklyn. With Like, I didn't go to Brooklyn, but that's where it is located. But you, like, order, you, like, pay money, and you get this empty sketchbook, and you decorate it, and you send it to them, and they put it in the sketchbook library. And every once in a while, I get an email that someone, like, looked at it. They, like, scan it if someone looks at it. So it's kind of fun. I did that with my friend, Jason, Jason Mazzola, and we came up with the idea to have people design one-inch buttons, like little circles. So everyone designed five, and then we made the designs into pins, like little crunch, crunch, one-inch pins. And then we took one for an art show and did a little auction for a thing called Art 180 in Richmond. It's like an after-school, you know, art program or in-school, whatever. It's an art program for kids. And then we mixed the rest of them up, like the other four we didn't use for the art show. We mixed them all up and then repackaged them in envelopes and mailed them back out to the people who participated. So it was like this whole, you know, worldwide button exchange. So it was that was really cool. I remember there was definitely one person from Australia. <laughs> so that's why I keep saying it's a worldwide button exchange because there was definitely someone from Australia. And I was like, yes, it's a different continent. Like we've made it. We're big. Super awesome and international. So that was that. So I did that. It was fun. It was cheap. I think it was like 10 bucks to participate. So that one didn't really stress me out about the money. But, you know, it was fun. And I just, I always feel like things could go better. And so this is kind of why. Okay, so I'm walking you down this path to see that like all this craziness that honestly, like I've kind of had some shame around for a while. Like I've done all these businesses and quit or quote unquote failed. And I'm always like, oh, I'm starting a new business and I have some shame around it because I've done all these. But the thing is, I'm learning each time. Well, not learning enough to not quit that business, (laughs) but I'm learning little things along the way. And so this one, I learned that, you know, people from all over the world participated, but I just felt like we didn't raise enough money. So it does come back to money. Man, I have some money issues. I felt a little bit embarrassed that we didn't make that much money for Art 180. And so in my mind, that was a fail. So again, I was kind of focused on the money about it. And geez, I'm pausing right now because I'm like literally just realizing that right now that I was like, well, Pin Pals wasn't about money, whatever. But it was great. It was great. Like the community was brought together. That was fun. It was people made stuff. Even people who like weren't that artsy made stuff. Little kids scribbled on things. And it was still fun to get one even if it was scribbled on because you knew it was like a little kid who made it. And that was fun. So after Pin Pals, I think this is where the the order might be wrong. But then I think it was (laughs) LOL Richmond. So LOL Richmond was like a photo booth business. You know, when the props came out and people were doing like talk bubbles and sunglasses and all the, you know, photo booths. I mean, I know that's still a thing, but it was like really, it came in hot and heavy in the beginning. So I jumped on that because I've always been a photographer and I was like, oh my God, fun, laughing, silliness. Yes, this is my thing. So I did do LOL Richmond for a little bit, but um, I don't know. It was like I had to do weddings and stuff and it just wasn't 100% my thing. And again, money issues where 
I just felt like there was like a real photographer at the wedding, but I was just the LOL Richmond girl. Like I can't really charge that much. But then it was also like, dang, I'm lugging all this stuff here, you know, spending hours at this wedding and I'm getting peanuts because I'm too afraid to ask for more. So that led me into wild design photography, which was my high-end photography boutique. I'm laughing because it... Okay, so I wanted to do it different, right? I didn't want to take family portraits like out in the field. I didn't want to do it outside. I wanted to take super bright, clean, expressive kids' portraits. To be honest, I didn't really even want the parents in them at all. Some parents wanted to get in. Some parents were happy to avoid it. But I wanted them to be the kid's personality. So I would like make fun faces with them, funny faces. And then when they were laughing after those funny faces are the best, the best portraits. Like honestly, when I was looking for this episode, looking through all the images, I was like, oh, these are so great. How was this not a thing? Like how, like I love all these ideas and I'm like, how were these not successful? And I really think that I just might've gotten in my own way a little bit. I'm going to talk about that at the end because it's in my mind what makes more sense, even though I've been sprinkling it in. So wild design photography, I learned from a photographer named Sue Bryce, and she was this really like high end, I'm going to charge like $3,500 for a portfolio of these images. She was like glamour photography, like she was going to do glamour shots, but bring it into the future and make it more like Vogue, like Anna Leibovitz kind of thing. Her stuff is really beautiful. I think actually it would be really cool for me to be photographed by her one day when I'm rich and famous. So maybe never. Just kidding. Manifest it. Anyways, I learned from her. So I was like, okay, we're going to like frame these. We're going to get custom frames. We're going to make them big. We're going to make them bold. These are going to be awesome. And, you know, some people were into it. A few people were into it. A few people really liked what I was doing. And I feel like a few people got it. And I feel like a lot of people just wanted to go to a field and get some pictures taken and they just wanted the digitals, you know, they just wanted to download their pictures and make their Christmas cards. Now that I'm a mom, so wild design photography was happening as I was pregnant with Ruby and right when Ruby was born. So now that I'm a little bit more in it, I kind of get it, but um, I still really think that those pictures are priceless and those parents are going to be really happy they have those one day just saying. And I don't see a lot of of expressive kids portraits like that. I mean, Sue Bryce, like I was in her thing online, her course, her mentorship, whatever. She looked at my portfolio. She pulled it up. You know, she talked about it. She said it was great. She loved the color. She loved the expressions. She loved the clean freshness of it all. But I still was like, but nobody wants it. Nobody wants to pay me. So it was just my crap around money again, getting in my way. So then I was like, okay, after wild design photography, I started something called the Lively Nest. And so this was going to be where I help families like create a more creative household. So I ended up making like reading lists. And this was like the art teacher and me. So they had like reading lists. They had art activities to do. They had some fun cooking activities to do. And it was like a whole calendar and a whole thing. And it was just going to make your house just overflowing with creativity and fun and excitement. 
Ruby was a baby then, so I didn't realize how hard it is to be a mom yet. I mean, I know it's hard to be a mom of a baby, but like I was dreaming up me doing all these things with Ruby when she got older. And now that she is older, I'm like, I would have never done all those things. That was probably way too much. I was being super extra with all those activities and going a little bonkers. So that was going to be a membership online and it lasted like a couple months. I think I was also overwhelming the moms and I was overwhelming myself. Like it was too much content. I mean, I think it was all cute, but it was too much. So I think I just get super excited and I try to do all the things. Like I met with a friend once, the guy from Art 180, Michael Goodry, and he was meeting with me. At that time, I think I was like, I'm going to make an app. (laughs) Some other crazy idea I had, which never happened because it turns out it costs a lot of money to make an app or to pay somebody to make an app. I have no idea how to make an app. And he was like, the thing, Deanna, that, you know, like other people have ideas and then they just like talk about them. And that's like enough. You know, we just talk about them. It's really fun. But you do the things like you are like, hey, it would be cool to have this art show with pins. And then the next week you're like making a website and you're doing it. So that has is like my superpower. That's my thing, like getting stuff done. And I just think I get excited and I want to do it and I want to see what it looks like and I want to see if anybody's going to participate. So I've talked about figuring out all the ADHD stuff that's going on in my brain and that when I first got diagnosed with ADHD, I didn't really look into it. And this year I've spent a little more time digging into it, but honestly, like still not even that much. But the part where I just keep having ideas and doing it and then getting bored, I think is very much so an ADHD thing. And I also know that the RSD that I talked about in a previous episode, but rejection sensitive dysphoria is a real thing. And that 100% was me. Like here's, okay. So like I did a little research. So here's the um, definition like the very first one that popped up on Google. So hopefully it's the right one. I didn't I didn't dig too deep on this, but sounds right to me. So it's extreme emotional sensitivity and pain triggered by the perception that a person has been rejected or criticized by important people in their life. It may also be triggered by a sense of falling short, failing to meet their own high standards or others' expectations. I was like, oh my gosh, when I just read this. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, like when I did Misfit Aerobics and there would be a class where only one person showed up, this was it, RSD. I was like, this is like, this person probably feels awful for me. This is so embarrassing. Like, oh my gosh, like I wanted to start Misfit Aerobics and be teaching to a crowded room of, you know, 20 people each time, maybe 10. I don't know. But one, I was like, ah, nobody wants to do this. Like nobody... that's the thing I would be saying, like, nobody wants to do this. But it's like, there's a person here who wants to do this. I wanted to do that. So what what am I talking about? But I know that's what I was feeling. And, like, there was one time in Missing Monsters when I was doing a craft show in Philly. So every time I did a craft show, I hated, hated sitting at that table and the people would walk by and look like if anybody out there has anything like has a 
uh, craft business and they've ever done this, but the, the feel, and I don't know, maybe it's only because of my RSD. Maybe it's only my ADHD that's making me feel this way, but I hated sitting at that table and you have all your things out. Like, here's me. I made all these things. Like, this is me and my in my booth. Here I am. I'm sitting here. These people walk past and do the like up and down look, maybe give you a pity smile and keep walking. Oh, every time that happened, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like so embarrassing. I shouldn't even be doing this. This is insane. Or like someone would look and be like, oh, they're this much money and then keep walking. Then I was like, oh, I know it's so, I shouldn't charge that much. It's so bad. I would just go down this rabbit hole of negativity based on how other people were responding to me or what I made or what I charged or what I was saying. So this craft show in Philly, I heard someone say when they walked past to a, to the other person, those look like ugly dolls, those other like things. And and they do. Like if I'm being honest, there is a similarity. Okay? They're both fleece. They both have I'm like about to say they both have white eyes with black pupils, but there there is a similarity. I will give them that. And I honestly think that might have been the last craft show I did. Like that one got me. I was like, oh, they do look like ugly dolls. Am I just copying ugly dolls? Oh my gosh. Here's the thing. Ugly dolls, there's like however many there are, like 10, I don't know, 7, 15, however many ugly dolls there are, they are mass produced ugly dolls. They're just dolls. They're ugly dolls. <laughs> just kidding. But my monsters were one of a kind. They were custom made. They were also made out of fleece and flat, and I can see a little bit of resemblance. However, they were completely different. There was flamingos. There was art teachers. There was buttholes. I already said that. All kinds of missing monsters. They were not ugly dolls. And I let one comment like get to me that much. It's crazy. I mean, Missing Monsters, okay, Missing Monsters was in Richmond Magazine a couple times. It was in a magazine called RVA Magazine. It was in Richmond Parents. I was selling baby monsters at a local toy store called World of Mirth. That's like the coolest toy store I've ever been to. I had sold monsters, monsters to people all over the country, maybe internationally, although it doesn't stick out in my head as much. I never really said I have a worldwide missing monsters like I did the pen pals because I do know there was someone from Australia. But I mean, people liked what I was doing. I liked what I was doing. So who cares if one person walks by, you know, in a little rainy day in Philly at a craft show and says that? Like, it's crazy. But it it really... and. It's sort of spiral spiraling down. There's a book called Body Kindness, but it's really about just being nicer to yourself. And she, the author, talks about spiraling up or spiraling down. And I think that for me, my ADHD and my RSD just really gets me like spiraling down. Like it's almost literally painful for me to not reach my goals, like the definition said, where I'm like, oh, this is embarrassing. I only made this much at a craft show. Or, oh, there's only one person here. Or, oh, you know, whatever, whatever it is. There's always something where I can't figure it out. Like I can't get to where I want to be. And then I am getting choked up. Like there's a lot of cool things that I've done. And I've just been too scared to look like a loser. And 
I just switch. I pivot. I'm like, okay, well, that's this doesn't this doesn't feel fun. It doesn't feel fun, obviously, when you feel like a failure. So even things that start out really fun end up not being fun because I'm in my head so much that it's ridiculous. So let me get it together. Here's the thing. I am not bringing all this up (laughs) because I want anybody to feel sorry for me or be scared to give me any feedback. Like y'all are going to be like, oh my God, what's Deanna doing now? We better all buy it. She's crying. Um, I just want to do two things. I want to just put it out there that I've been carrying around a lot of shame about all these things, all these businesses that I've done and that I haven't stuck it out for any of them. And my girl Brene, my girl Brene Brown says that when we shine a light on the shame, it takes away its power. So maybe these tears are like the, the shame is coming out, y'all. I was just going to say, I'm coming out. That's the shame. Um, so it's out. Okay. It's out. I said it. I felt like a loser, but also all those ideas were really fucking cool. <laughs> Last night I looked through stuff. I looked at my Tumblr. I looked at pictures. I was trying to find anything I could to document these things that were so fun. So fun. Looking back, I'm like, man, that was really fun. Even when there was only one person at Misfit Aerobics, it was fun. And if I would have just gotten out of my head, I could have enjoyed it a little more. So I've been working with my coach, Kathleen, my girl who does my breath work with me. And we meet once a week and we talk about all this stuff and my current ideas and my current things I'm excited about. And we're just trying to work through all these feelings. So, you know, that's, that might be the reason that I'm feeling proud right now and not as much shame when I'm looking back. Clearly, something's going on because I'm freaking crying on my podcast, my party. <laughs> woo woo! It's a party. It's my party. I can cry if I want to, y'all. I really was proud looking looking at all the images. And I'm going to put them all, I'm going to put a bunch of images in the show notes. It's really, I think it's really cool to look at. I made scrunchies. I made scrunchies for Misfit Aerobics out of old t-shirts from the thrift store. Like, I was cool. Totally DIY. I also made buttons for that. I made pins. Like, it's funny because every, there's like, there's like a little piece of thread or something, a little idea. It's a little Deanna that runs through all these ideas that I did all these years. Misfit Aerobics had little one-inch buttons that said things like, you're beautiful, you're um, smart, you're sassy, you're whatever. And it's like, I'm doing mantras now, like I'm talking about mantras and the work I'm doing now with Imperfect Party. And it's like, I was doing that with Misfit Aerobics. You know, the Pin Pals was a community, like I'm building, I want to build a community. I really want to bring together a bunch of moms it's really hard for me to say that because I like to be very inclusive. But to be honest, I feel like part of the reason I have all these tears coming out too is because I'm looking at these pictures. I'm looking at all the stuff that I did. And now I'm like, gosh, all I do is sit here and take care of two humans all day. Not all I do. You know what I mean? It's not all I do. It's a very important job. But it's like, I think I've sort of lost touch with the person that I was. And... I want to find that person again. Like, I want to make cool stuff again. I want to see cool people. I want to talk to cool people. I want to hang out with cool people. And when I say cool, I don't mean super cool because I've never been very cool. But we're fucking real, you know? We're 
they're fun people, they're good people. And I want to get in a community. I need to be in a community and I need to be creative. Coming up in the season, I just talked to um, an art teacher named Cassie Stevens for a future episode. And she talks about sort of when she first became an art teacher and losing, you know, losing time for herself to be creative and, and how she got that back and how important it is. And I just the whole time was like, yes, 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 that's exactly me right now. So, you know, I just, I'm rambling now because that's what I do, but, um, you know, I just, we're here and it's the imperfect party and I am planning a community around this. I'm doing my daily dance parties, which make me so happy. And to be honest, nobody comes. So <laughs> it's like misfit aerobics right now. <laughs> I will tell you who comes. My aunt Michelle signed up and wanted to support me and she comes my mom and dad come and matt's mom she comes i think they all want to see ruby and jack because <laughs> we all dance but you know what i'm taking a new approach this time i like the dance party i would do the dance party by myself without anybody so if there's only one person on the zoom if there's no people on the zoom i'll tell you right now ruby doesn't like it when there's nobody on the zoom but She's her mother's daughter. It took me a second to figure that out. I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it for fun. So, you know, I'm just, I'm going to build this community and I'm going to reconnect to who I was. I'm going to make some cool shit. I'm going to hang out with some cool people. And I just don't want to feel this heavy burden of like, I'm a quitter. I'm changing that mindset into, I have had this crazy, awesome path where I made all these different things happen and I had all these different events. And it led me to this moment right now recording this podcast. And that's pretty freaking awesome. So I'm going to stop crying about it and I'm going to get excited about it because I really think that this is the one. This is the one, Marv. This is the silver tuna. Just kidding. Let me stop quoting movies. Home Alone. Anybody? Okay. Oh, and one other thing that I was like, oh, I'm going to tell them that tomorrow. Matt I was talking to him a little bit last night about the shame I was feeling about it, whatever. And he sort of equated it to if you're in a band, but it breaks up, you're still proud of what you did. And I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe the Misfit Aerobics band broke up, but I'm still proud of what I did. And now I'm doing dance parties and I'm doing dance parties with my two-year-old and my five-year-old. And it's fun. And Matt, he comes too sometimes, not all the time. And it's fun. So I'm just going to do what makes me happy. And I'm hoping that my people will come to me and find this community and hang out with me. So that's it. I'm bad at selling. So I'm going to force myself to do it. I'm going to sell you a free <laughs> dance party <laughs> right now where you just come and dance with me and the kids and Matt. It's at dnaseymore.com slash party. And it was going to cost you. It's going to cost you your email address. Okay. So you're ready for that. But if you're not on my email list, I will tell you that people, the people, word on the street is that I write really good emails. So, you know, the people have, have spoken. It turns out I'm funny. I'm funny in my emails. And, you know, you're still in my little community if you come to a dance party 
There are three songs, literally three songs. You can keep your camera on or off. It's on Zoom. You do what you want. You move your body how you want, and it's going to be really fun. Kids can come. I always say, I always say to my mom and my mother-in-law and my aunt, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I have written in my website that kids can come, but I'm not guaranteeing there's no cussing. So if your family gets really shook by that, don't come. I won't be playing anything too crazy. No Nine Inch Nails or Cardi B, but if a couple something slip out, it's not my fault. So that is it. I hope to at least maybe see you in my inbox and I want you to keep listening. Season two is going to be amazing and hopefully I won't cry as much as I did tonight because it's a freaking party. Okay? Okay. I say that a lot. All right. Well, if you're still listening to this 40 minutes in, then I just want you to know I love you. And uh, as I said in the beginning, you call me Didi. I totally forgot to say that you can grab the show notes at deannaseymore.com slash WTF. And you should really check them out because there's a lot of really fun pictures that I posted in there. And it's a little trip down memory lane. Woohoo! You just made it through another episode of the Imperfect Party Podcast. <laughs> if you liked today's episode, can you do me a favor and click the subscribe button and leave a review? It'll help more people just like you join the party. Oh, and remember, regardless of how it might seem sometimes, nobody's perfect. I like to think we're all just doing the best we can, and that's definitely something we're celebrating. See you next time, friend. <laughs>